Welcome to the Journal of Nutrition podcast. Today we are speaking with Dr. Donald Lehman of the University of Illinois about his study, A Moderate Protein Diet Produces Sustained Weight Loss and Long-Term Changes in Body Composition and Blood Lipids in Obese Adults, published in the March 2009 issue of the Journal of Nutrition. There is no consensus in the scientific community as to what type of diet is best for long-term weight loss and maintenance. Recent studies, however, suggest that diets with increased protein and reduced carbohydrates may be more effective than those with less protein, at least in the short term. To test their hypothesis that a moderately high-protein diet would result in more favorable body composition and blood lipids for a 12-month period, researchers led by Dr. Lehman conducted a rigorous, controlled, multi-centered human intervention trial. So, Dr. Lehman, uh, most people are aware that there is a debate among health professionals as to whether a low-carb or high-protein diet is best. How much of this debate is based on science, and can you tell us what scientists knew about this before you did your study and why you felt compelled to do the study that you did? Well, thanks, Suzanne. The... um Really, the reason we got into it was our work with muscle, and we felt one of the outcomes that would be important in weight loss was diets that would help maintain muscle while you lost fat. So we actually started studying it back in 2001, and at that point, the debate was really a debate about Atkins and could high protein be effective at all. Um, since then, there have been a lot of studies proving the benefit of, of moderate protein diets. Um, I think your, your comment about you know, sort of the ongoing debate right now is really a debate about what I would refer to as efficacy of the diets versus effectiveness. Um, what I mean by that is a lot of the diets that are being used out there Basically, they hand somebody a book like the Atkins and somebody else the Ornish, and they say, come back in a year and we see how we've done. I would say that's efficacy. Can you read the book and follow it? Versus the study we ran was effectiveness. We monitored the diet. People followed the diets, and what we showed is that diets are effective. So the design of your study sort of set it apart from previous ones? Oh, I think so. I think the diet control and our teaching model and our understanding of how to do a moderate protein diet uh, really sets it apart. A lot of people get confused in a protein diet and they think that a higher protein diet is simply a larger steak at dinner. And that's not at all it. It's the balance between protein and carbohydrates in the diet at each meal. And I think that's something that our research has always emphasized. And I think when studies are run correctly with the protein diet, uh, you see the body composition effects. The latest study that was in New England Journal of Medicine, for example, um, one of the, one of the things the authors point out is that people didn't follow the diets. The compliance was poor. And so I think we have to be careful about um, concluding that the diets don't work when the people don't bother following them. <laughs> All right. And so it appears that the results um, from these high-protein diets are beneficial for long-term weight loss, weight maintenance, and blood lipid parameters than high-carb diets. Can you tell us more about how you came to that conclusion? Well, again, the the 
place where we started was really looking at the amount of protein, particularly at each meal, that it takes to uh, maintain or protect skeletal muscles. And what we have found really from our work with sports nutrition and work with muscle is that it takes protein at about 30 grams at a meal to make that effect. And so when we do that, what we get is uh, the ability to lose more body fat and less lean tissue. And because of that, we correct body composition during the weight loss. And I think that's a big reason why they they work. Um, we know that protein has higher satiety, so people eat less. Uh, we know it has a higher thermogenic value, so they burn more. And we also know it corrects body composition. So in the long term, it just works better. Um, the effects on the blood lipids you mentioned are probably more an effect of reducing carbohydrates than increasing protein. So what you always see with higher protein reduced carb diets is that you see a decrease in triglycerides and usually an increase in HDLs. And I would say that's probably more due to the reducing of carbohydrates. Okay. And do you think then the results of, of these diets would apply to everyone or...? Well, you know, my, my first answer to that would be sort of my, my earlier one. Uh, they apply to people who bother to follow the diets. So right. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not people who just sort of hold the book. Um, so you have to follow the diet. But what we have found is that uh, in basically in all cases for individuals where they actually stick to the diet, we see the body composition correction and we see the blood lipid correction. Okay, well, I've um, read that high-protein diets might increase the risk for some forms of cancer. Is this true? You know, I think one has to be really careful with that kind of comment right now. Most of that data, to my understanding, is all epidemiology. And epidemiology should never be carried to cause an effect. It simply is a first indication of a place to look. Uh, if you look at those kinds of studies, what they've suggested is that in areas like um, breast cancer and prostate, pancreatic and colon, that there's some association with protein. But if you really go into those studies and look at them, what you can't sort out is that usually the, the countries or the populations with the higher protein have significantly more processed carbohydrates. They have significantly less fiber and significantly less fruits and vegetables. And so to conclude it's a protein effect is really a stretch. In the experimental data, experimental studies where that's actually been looked at, most of those show it's far more of a calorie effect and far more of a, of a carbohydrate insulin effect than it is a protein and where protein's actually been studied straight on, we've actually just completed a study with breast cancer. When you increase protein and decrease carbohydrates, you actually will reduce the tumor onset. So I pretty much reject the concept. I think it's an epidemiology issue, and I think it's totally confused in misinterpreting the diet. Well, it's obviously a complex thing here. Um, are you doing any future or planning any more studies that follow up on, on the research that you reported about this month? I think one of the next steps really goes back to the issue of how do you teach these kinds of diets. One of the problems with uh, teaching a 
you know, the, the studies that have been done with higher protein, reduced carbs right now is they're basically being done by people who have forever thought about reduced fat diets and uh, higher carbohydrate diets. And so I think right now the next step is really defining the educational material. So what we're focusing on is how do you go about correcting breakfast? How do you go about correcting lunch? What should those meals really look like? And we think really the the key meal to making these work is actually breakfast. And so most of our attention really is there on defining what should that meal look like. That sounds like useful information. Well, um, thank you so much, Dr. Lehman.